Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to The Bear and the Swan. We're here. I have an announcement. Okay. <laughs> Hit me. My announcement, attention, attention, hear ye, hear ye. The reason that we have not recorded an episode in so long is because of me. Wow. I the humility. Full, I take full responsibility. Thank you for the humility of your confession. John has been begging me. Y'all, it's, that's, that's true. I have been begging you. I just want you all to know that John never says y'all, but then if he starts talking for a podcast or a video, he starts saying y'all or well, when he's speaking. obviously I don't say y'all to you because it's just you yeah, and me we when we're together. Yeah, we Chicago. I don't know. But anyway, y'all. So I, I do have to take some blame as well for this. No, I don't think you do. Well, for those of you who are just hopping in, you can see through the podcast feed, it's been over a month since we uploaded... <laughs> It's been like a month and a half since we oh, uploaded no. a episode of this podcast, and we did make a promise to you all that we were going to try and do one a week. We got to stop making those promises. We can't and, keep, and we just did not do it. Um, but there's there's many reasons. It's not because we don't enjoy. Well, for me, it's not because I don't enjoy doing this podcast. I think once we actually sit down and do it, you enjoy it as well. Yeah. Uh, it's not because we don't love you all, um, but one of the reasons, I think, is it's been hard to track you down uh, and actually get you to sit down on this couch and actually do it. But also, the fault that I have in it is I will ask you very last minute. Yeah, he'll be like, hey, you want to record a podcast? Today or right now? But you'll say today and it's 3 p.m. And right. I'm like, uh... <laughs> yeah. Or honestly, like, when I finish work for the day, the last thing I want to do is record a podcast. Right. Because it just takes like brain power. And at that point, I'm just kind of done. Well, but also, you have been so busy. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. And we'll get to that in a minute. But that's a reality just of like marriage, I feel like. Of I, I only have so much energy to put towards planning conversations with you yeah like conversations that have to do around planning our lives and if i tackled every single planning conversation the the minute that it came into my head whether it's a podcast whether it's hey what are we going to have for dinner whether it's someone asked us to hang out we would never have any other conversation yeah, than just planning think, our lives i think that's a specific struggle in our marriage because i hate planning things yes that's true which is funny because i'm a wedding planner by trade but you don't like it in your personal life i don't like it you I don't like having those conversations and i hate like structured days like i just want to do what i feel in the moment yeah and so <laughs> it's it's sort of like for me it's kind of like uh i kind of have to wait until you're in a certain mood and or you state love of structured mind days. You i want love to plan every days. minute and so for for me i have to wait until you're in a certain mood or a certain state of mind before I even feel like, okay, asking the question or, yeah. or putting forward, hey, let's make a plan for this. So anyway, the other reason that we have not been here in your feed for so long is because I have been extremely busy, but so have you. Yeah. Really in the last month, April has started picking up wedding season for you. And so you've had, what, three weddings now this year? Yep. Already, like in the last month, basically. Yep. Um, and you're starting contracts for all of your summer weddings and things like that. And then from my perspective and in my life, March and April has absolutely been the busiest I have ever been in terms of my career, in terms of one aspect of my career in that I often get hired to travel and to speak and to teach at different churches and conferences and camps. I basically, from the beginning of March till last weekend, the last weekend in April, I had basically nine straight weekends. I had 13 different speaking engagements, plus a pretty big video project that I was working on for a church down in Texas. Uh, shout out to everyone at Sugar Creek. So yeah, it was crazy. Yes. And what's interesting about it, sorry, I'm talking a lot, yeah. but um, <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> You are. What's, I, I just want to say this one thing, and then we can kind of hop into our conversation. What's interesting about it is, for me, I've never really had this problem before. I've never really had to be in my work discerning of my time in that way. When, when an opportunity comes in for me, I always want to be discerning of whether it's the right opportunity. I have to be discerning in, in terms of the, the timing of it, in terms of do I already have a gig planned? But I've never had to be discerning in, 
oh, is it too much for me to take on six speaking engagements in a month? Because I've never had six come at me before. And so while it is a good problem to have, I think a lesson that I learned is I learned sort of where my ceiling is in terms of committing myself to different projects. Um, But it's hard, especially when you love your work. You want to say yes to everything. You want to be able to do everything. But then it sort of leads to what the last two months have been in that the podcast, this podcast has not been the only thing that has fallen by the wayside in the last two months. Yeah, we've just been kind of in survival mode the past two months. Absolutely. With how busy we've been. So, but it's, I'm about to get busy, pretty busy, but you're calming down a bit. A bit. So I have a bit of a respite before going into my summer schedule. Um, And my summer schedule is pretty busy. Not as busy as my spring was. Today is the first Saturday in I don't know how long that John and I have no plans. Yeah. Nothing to do. All of our friends and family are busy. Yeah. And so we're just with each other all day, which is like weird because it hasn't happened in no, a while. No, it hasn't happened in forever. Hence the podcast recording. Yes. So hopefully you all are benefiting from it if you enjoy this podcast. Uh, but sort of for the first half of our conversation, I actually want to focus on the topic that we've already been talking about, being busy. Um, I want to talk about it a little bit because I think this is something that probably a lot of people listening to this podcast feel in their lives, whether it is a seasonal thing like we were just talking about, whether, you know, it's a seat like finals at school are kind of going on right now for a lot of people, or it's a certain uh, season in the calendar for whatever industry you work in for you, summers and whatnot. Um, Or there's also people that feel like their life, their entire life is in a perpetual state of busy. There's people who feel like their entire life is lived in survival mode. And so I thought we could sort of talk about since we're kind of coming out of a busy season or for you going into one, we could talk about how we view busyness, how we deal with it, what stresses, what anxieties it causes in us, and just kind of have a conversation about it because I think this is something probably a lot of people struggle with. And it's the reason this podcast hasn't been coming out. Does that sound good to you? Sure. You don't sound excited about this. I thought this was a Q&A. We're going to do the Q&A in the second half. Okay. That's a little teaser. We will do a Q&A. We, uh, I picked some, some questions from you all via Instagram this morning, uh, and we'll do a little Q&A. But in the first half of our conversation, um, so for you, Sweet Bear, how do you deal with being busy when you find yourself in like a really busy season like we've been talking about how do you deal with it and you can talk about positive things that you do to help you deal with it and you can also talk about uh negative ways that busyness affects you yeah i don't think i deal with it well i hate (laughs) being busy i hate being busy so much you do get very stressed i get so stressed and i just want to move to hawaii where everybody not everybody but like i just feel like as a nation, as a, as a whoa, whoa, <laughs> big claims. As a society, we are all way too busy and way too stressed, and I just like I want to take it down a notch. Hmm. But then that's hard when I'm in the wedding industry, where it's like people's most important day of their lives. So like, obviously, they're gonna want your full attention and your full, you know, capabilities, and that makes sense. But I just feel like. I don't know. Don't you think we could be better about just like slowing down and taking everything less, you know, seriously and be less stressed? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but, but busyness, like, would you say that it is always a bad thing? Mm-hmm. You would? In my life. How so? I don't like being busy. I don't think I'm my best when I'm busy. Are you thinking about busy just in terms of work, though? No. And personal. You think about per- like personal commitments that we've made? Yeah. So last weekend was like one of the busiest weekends for me, both work-wise and personal-wise. And I just feel like when I'm in that mode, I can't give myself fully to whatever's in front of me. So like personally, when we have a really busy weekend, maybe we have family parties and we have friend obligations and all of this stuff. Well, all of it inherently is good and fun if I have too much of it, then I'm just worrying about, okay, tomorrow we have to do this. We, we can't stay up too late tonight and hang out with friends and, you know, have deep conversations because we got to get up tomorrow morning and go do this. And I just like it when you can just relax into whatever you're doing. Yeah, I feel that. I understand that. I, so in these last couple months for me, as I've been really busy, both 
career-wise and personally. I think we've had more stuff on the calendar personally in terms of dinners, in terms of parties and get-togethers with friends than we've had in maybe ever in our marriage. Yeah, because we have friends now. Which is pretty cool. Um, We have friends now. (laughs) We've always had friends. Now you're saying specifically we have friends who live near us in the city. Mm Mm-hmm. That's something that took us a while to find, but we have a great group of friends. And so, yeah, the last couple of months have been so busy for me, both personally and professionally. And I think for me, there's like this fine line because I remember seasons where I had nothing on the calendar work-wise or, or personally, Yeah. like when we first moved to Chicago. And while it's nice to be able to every every day not have much to do and then every night we just sit on this couch and watch an entire season of tv Uh, those are the days while that's nice for a bit it is lonely though it is lonely it becomes lonely after a while and you might disagree with me but i'm saying from my experience it gets lonely and so there's this fine line between a busy like crowded full life and this like empty lonely life because the reality is, like, we, I think we're created in some ways for work and for community. And so how do we find that line? And that line will probably be different for many people. We're bad at that. I'm so bad at saying no to things. So that's another question that I had. What is sort of your measure? Or do you have a measure? I don't. And I need, and I need to be better okay, about Okay, well, it. then maybe we can figure it out live here in real <laughs> no, time on this podcast. No, mine is just, like... If it's work-wise, because we're both independent contractors, when we say yes to something, it means more money. Yes. Just being totally honest. No, it's it not does. like we're salaried. Mm-hmm. So if you're taking on another gig, that's X amount more. If I'm taking on another wedding or another event, that's X amount more. And so for me, I'm like, of course, we're going to take that. We're young. We don't have kids. We're, you know, in a, in a state of stage of life where we, like, want to take trips and we want to do this and we want to save. So, like we're going to say yes to those. Um, and so that's going to be something that's really hard for us to be, to be like, Hey, this is going to be this much more money and you have to say no because it's the healthy thing to do. That's yeah. just a really hard state to be in. And also personally, I definitely struggle with FOMO. This is my seven on the Enneagram, my wing. I always want to be having fun. Like if, if my family is hanging out and we're not there, I mean, I've cried before yeah, if we're missing have. something. You have. Um, or my friends too. Like, I am totally a sucker for my friend text me at 5 p.m. Hey, you want to go get dinner? Yes. Like, we'll be there. Yeah. And so that's where I think it's a bad combo for me. Yeah, that's true. And I, I definitely feel that because for me, I think, especially with, with work and professional things, I have a really hard time saying no. Yeah. Because that, that's me on the Enneagram because that affects my performance. Yeah. Personally, I don't struggle with it as much. No. <laughs> I'm definitely willing to forego the evening with friends in order to maybe conserve energy for the next day. Um, but that's hard because I feel like for us working from home, I struggle with saying no professionally. Mm -hmm. And so you sort of feel the effects of that. Yeah. But then you struggle saying no personally. So I feel we both feel the effects of both of them. You'll like say yes to another work thing. But then when our friends are going out to dinner and I want to go and you're like, no, I don't want to go. It's not like don't want to go. No, I'm just saying you're saying I don't want to go because I think it's, I'm saying, I don't think it's wise to go, which, which is different because it's not that I don't want to go. I love hanging out with our friends and whatnot. But for me, it's more of like a, it's an energy conservation thing, I suppose, most of the time. Okay, so maybe transitioning then into something that you might find a little bit more engaging to talk about because I <laughs> feel like you're at the dentist right now. Um, what's way, hey, what we are did ways... go to the dentist for the first time in like three years this month. <laughs> we so did. It was incredible. Success for it was incredible. <laughs> you know, the first, the most frustrating part of it what? for me is sitting in that chair and the dentist asks you, so how long has it been since you were here? And you know, like you are ashamed. Yeah. Like but you walk most in there, people lie. <laughs> tail between your legs, but I was honest. I was straight <laughs> too, up honest. And they were like, Ooh girl. I, I was, and I, I told the doctor, I was like, Hey doc, you know, I've been a bad kid. It's been about three years. And he, he has the audacity to go, oh, that's far too long. Like, I don't know <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, we know, dude. <laughs> Guess what? You should be saying that to the person who didn't show up for an appointment today. Yeah. I did. How about say, hey, John, you know what? I know it's been a while. I know you have a past. <laughs> Proud of you. 
proud of you for finding the courage to show no, up here today. No, instead they go, oof, you got a lot of buildup. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But also they told me and John we have the same cavity. On the same, same tooth. tooth. Same, that, does that sound a little sketch? Seems fishy to me. <laughs> seems fishy to me. Okay. But anyway, going back to busyness, <laughs> what are, when you are busy and when you are overwhelmed and when you are stressed, what are some things you do to unwind? Turn everything off. Except for Netflix. And your phone. Turn that on, girl. So you basically turn everything on. <laughs> you turn all the devices on. No, I don't turn my phone on. Yes, you do. Uh-uh. When I'm trying to, like, unplug yeah. and watch a show, I don't turn my phone on. I disagree. <laughs> for you, it's watching a show, usually. Yeah, it's usually a night at home. With you and Tubbs and we're watching something. Yeah. I know people are like, turn off your TV. It's not good for you. But truly that is like, we love shows and movies. And that's one of like our favorite things to do together is to, like watch a show. Yeah. For me, I think it's especially in a season that is like unrelentingly full. Like you don't get like a full weekend off. You just Yeah, get... I don't know the last time we had a full two days off. Right. So for me, it's when I'm in the middle of a season like that, it's finding little pockets where I can fully unplug. So for me, for example, over the last two months, it's been my flights home. Like my flight to a speaking engagement, usually I'm working, usually I'm writing something, whatever it might be. But my flight home, I make it a rule, I don't work, I get some really good snacks at the airport, I put a movie on my phone or my laptop, and that's just like three hours of recharge, you know? Um, Or it's like we get home, I get home at 6 p.m. on a Sunday, and we have the rest of that Sunday night to just relax. So I think it's just finding... Just watch Game of Thrones. Exactly. So it's just finding... For me, it's finding those little pockets um, that sort of help me unwind. And I did want to share this, and then I promise we'll move on to the Q&A. But I think something that I learned over this busy time is that I think we all sort of feel the way that you feel in that and you were talking about this earlier, when we are so, when our schedules are so full and we always have things going on and we're always thinking about the next thing, it's really hard to slow down and actually be present and appreciate what's going on in front of you and get the full experience there. I think that is something I've been learning to be mindful of and, and be disciplined to do, to in the moment not necessarily think about the next thing that I have to do or the next party or the next gig, but in the moment, really take a second, not only to focus in and be present with the other people there, but actually take a moment and express gratitude for the fact that I've been given this opportunity. Because it it's so quick that these these blessings that we receive, and whether it's a friendship or whether it's another opportunity professionally, it's so quick that those blessings become burdens and they become obligations. But, and I, I put this sort of on Twitter a while ago, I, I think that gratitude is, the, is what makes busy remain a blessing rather than busy becoming a burden. You know, gratitude is the difference between a, life, between a busy life that feels full versus a busy life that feels crowded and draining. Um, and so that's something I've been trying to do. And I don't know if that helps anyone who's listening, uh, but to perhaps just take a second in the middle of your busyness to just remember that you have so much to be grateful for. You have all these opportunities that are coming at you. Um, and that's a really cool thing. So I'll get off my soapbox now. Mm-hmm. And we are going to move into a time of Q&A answering your questions. But before we do, we're going to take a break. And welcome back to The Bear and the Swan, everybody. Hope you had a great break. We're going to dive into a little Q&A section. These questions are pulled from Instagram, but I wanted to let you know before we dive in, you can actually hear your voice asking a question on this podcast uh, by going to anchor.fm and searching The Bear and the Swan. You can actually leave a voice message with your question. And if you want to make Sweet Bear happy, you want to make her smile, go and do it because she loves she loves answering those questions. Um, But we don't have any of those today because this was kind of a last minute episode. Um, So we have some awesome questions from some people who follow me on Instagram. And if you're not following me on Instagram, you can do that at John Jorgensen at Air Jorgen. That's what I'm talking about. At Buckets Jorg and at Buckets Jorg. Buckets is making a comeback on his Instagram. I don't know. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) 
Anyway, all right. Are you ready for the first question? I'm ready. All right, here we go. The first question comes from OB Celia 10. Um, how has your relationship changed since dating in college to now being married? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Why do you say that? Because I think we have a completely different relationship. I would agree. But in what, what are you thinking of? Um, I think you are a much better husband than you were a boyfriend. 100% I would agree. <laughs> I would agree. And Why is that? Because you, you know, eventually got to the point where you were going to put me and our relationship first. But that mm -hmm. was not the case in college at no. all. And I was vocal about that. Yeah, we know. Maybe a little too vocal. We know. And maybe not vocal in the most humble and loving way. <laughs> but yeah, that was the case for me. In college, I like my schoolwork and what I was doing was definitely my number one priority. But as soon as we, not once we got married, but really no. uh, as soon as we decided that we were going to get married, mm -hmm. not even when I proposed, that's when those priorities flipped for me. Yeah, and I was not the same way. Like you were my first priority. So that was a point of tension that definitely was we were not on the same page yeah. in that way i think a lot of the issues that we perhaps had when we were dating and even the issues that we still have in our marriage today boil down to us not being on the same page on something mm -hmm. you know um i'm trying to think of other ways that we've changed um i just i mean we've both matured Oh, for sure. I think for I think for me, one thing is when we would get in a fight or there would be drama in our relationship when we were dating. Which was a lot. Which was a lot when we were in college. I would always have this question of like, gosh, is this even worth it? Yeah, and I never had that question. Yeah, I had this I had that question all the time. Like, is this even worth it to go through all of this like pain and frustration and all this drama if we're just gonna like break up someday? So tell us, was it worth it? Well, that that for me, and I've said this before, that for me was the turning point, you know? Yeah. Because I hit this point where I was like, I know that we're going to go through all this stuff we've already gone through, all this crap, and we're probably going to go through stuff that's even more difficult and even worse. It's worth it if we can be together. And so now when we get in a fight, that's never a question for me. Yeah. It's always worth it for me now, mm -hmm. you know? Um, the fight might not be worth it, you know, <laughs> but our, our relationship is worth it to walk through it in the right way and to walk through it with humility, hopefully, and, and grace eventually, you know? Yeah. I would say that's the biggest difference is now we're on the same page and obviously committed to each other for forever. So it's just easier to go through tough times together. And I think the way we deal with conflict has grown yeah, a lot. For sure. A lot. Which is something I feel like any relationship has to learn, you know? Yeah, otherwise just kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a completely different relationship for the for better. Sure. For sure. All right. Next it just keeps getting better, folks. <laughs> <laughs> next question. Next question. All right. This next question comes from Lena or Lana.Blakeman. What do you do to stay motivated? Ugh. I think this is a really interesting question for you because you struggle with motivation. I struggle with motivation of all kinds, mm -hmm. whether it's eating healthy and working out or really that's a big one or like just getting my work done throughout the day. Like I'm just so easily distracted. You are a very emotionally driven person. Yes. Yeah. I'm not very disciplined. I feel like I've gotten more disciplined. For sure. But you're also like, so... You struggle with uh, Gretchen Rubin, I think is her name. Gretchen Wieners. <laughs> Gretchen Wieners. Uh, Gretchen Rubin, right? That's her name? I don't know who you're Who talking. wrote Eat, Pray, Love? I don't know. I know Gretchen Wieners. There was none for Gretchen. Oh, none for Gretchen Wieners. Thank you. <laughs> um, good for you, Glenn Coco. Uh, I think it's Gretchen Rubin. She has this, this tool called The Four Tendencies, um, Sweetbear's looking it up right now, but one of the, it's, it's all about, uh, internal and external expectations and Sweetbear, you are someone who you have no problem with external expectations, meaning expectations that people put on you like, Hey, can you get this to me by this date? Can you do this by this time? You know, assignments given to you by a teacher. You have no problem fulfilling those and you don't really question them. You're like, I'll do it. Great. No. And you're super dependable. I would never disappoint 
somebody else. Right. For you though, it's internal expectations. Yeah, it's goals you set for yourself <laughs> that you really struggle with. Yeah. So I think, I think that's, so how do you stay motivated then? That's a good question. Or do you just not? And you I just go. I pray to the good Lord every day that he give me some motivation. And I can get through the day, get through the work day, get through the workout, eat healthy, eat my vegetables. And I just pray that the Lord gives me the strength to carry on in such a way that I can glorify him. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you for that. Who was that talking just now? I don't know. That was the country bear? <laughs> yeah, Christian bear? So. That was Christian bear. Uh, <laughs> Okay. I think, well, okay, so we haven't answered this question at all. <laughs> Wait, pause. Are you asking me who the author of Eat, Pray, Love is? She didn't write Eat, Pray, Love, no. did she? No, <laughs> not even a little bit. No, what did she write? What did Gretchen Rubin write? Gretchen Rubin. Who wrote Eat, Pray, Love? Elizabeth Gilbert. Oh, it's Elizabeth. Is it Elizabeth Gilbert who did The Four Tendencies? Who did The Four Tendencies? Okay, so quick uh, side note before we actually answer this question. I was completely wrong. You Pray Love is written by Elizabeth Gilbert, but for some reason I confuse her and Gretchen Rubin. They don't look alike. They don't look alike. They don't really write similar types of books. I told John yesterday, one of the most shameful moments for me is when I think an actor is somebody else in a show and John goes, no, that's not him. And I am so ashamed. <laughs> well, that just happened to me and with these authors. And now it just happened to John. So my public embarrassment is out there. Uh, so I don't know. For me, staying motivated. That's not really an issue for you. Yeah, I guess not. I mean... John is a very motivated... Motivated... <laughs> <laughs> We're falling apart over here. <laughs> We're a bit rusty. We are. John is a very self-motivating person. Yeah. He's a very disciplined person. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be able to do what you do if you weren't. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I think a lot of it is like you're talking about, it's my sort of just makeup. That's who yeah. I am. Like I'm a three on the Enneagram. So for me, how I stay motivated is I, re I think about the achievement. Like for example, I went on a, I was on a long run today training for this race and I can't tell you how many times through it, I thought about crossing the finish line in September. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like oh, that kept me oh, excited. You just love it. You, you're like, oh, I'm going to film my first steps of this. And then right. when I finish in September, I'll put together a video with my first steps <laughs> all the way through the end. And like, that is so motivating to you. Or yeah. quite honestly, if somebody tells John he can't do something, there's no better motivation mm -hmm. for you. John sure. goes, watch me. I'm going to do it. Yeah, that's true. And I think I remember when I went back to the gym for the first time after I got a little chubby after our wedding it was like around January and you were like, Era, but it's going to be so crowded. But in May, you're still going to be there. And you're all those there. other people are going to be gone. Right. And That's I'm like, right. uh, okay. That's the truth, girl. That's the truth. So I think, yeah, I think it's achievement. But then the other side of it for me is impact. The potential for something that I'm doing to have a positive influence on somebody else, that is extremely motivating for me. It's not just, oh, look, I did this thing. But it's actually the potential of like, I did this thing and the story of me working towards that actually has the potential to inspire someone else to get up off the couch and do something as well. Mm -hmm. Like that's a drug that like I yeah. am totally addicted to. I think for me, something I'm finding more motivating, especially as I'm working towards like dreams in my life is I think of like what I want my life to look like mm. the life I want to build. Yes, that's true. And if this particular moment or thing that I'm doing even if it's mundane, if it's bringing me to that life that I want to create, then that helps me stay motivated. That's an interesting way of looking at it. Like I am motivated by individual projects because yeah. I don't have this clear picture like you do of what, what my ideal life would look like in 10 years. Oh, I have, but a, I have a whole book about it. But I have, I have a very clear picture of like what this project will look like when I accomplish it. Yeah. Whereas you are motivated by this like grand sense. So you struggle to do the mundane day to day. Yeah. But you definitely are driven and moving towards that life. Whereas I can fulfill the day to day, but I really, where I struggle to stay motivated and where I get sort of uh, down on myself is like, where is all this going? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's true. So that's interesting. Hey, did, we worked that out together. Did we even answer the question? Yeah. Who, we who knows? Well, no, we talked about how we stay motivated, I think. Okay. All right. Next on. question. Next question. All right. This one comes from Brooke.Pinion. This is a fun question. I'm ready. What fictional couple do you guys see yourself as slash most relate to? Harry and Ginny. 
Why? I'm just kidding. I just love them. I was going to say, I'm not, I mean, I'm friends with your brother, but not like. No, I'm Harry. Oh. <laughs> that, I am the girl who lived. That was incredible. You're the chosen one. You're the chosen um, one. Okay, wait. Who do we relate to? Yeah, or who are we most like? Hmm. So I. Have you thought about this? I pulled a few. Okay, tell me. And I don't. These first two are just ones I love. Okay. I don't know if we're actually anything are you like them. Say Jess and Nick. Jess and Nick was the first one. Okay. Because we're quirky. I think there's some aspects of it in that, like, um, I, in a lot of ways, definitely have, like, an old curmudgeon soul, like yes. Nick. Yes. You definitely have, like, the quirkiness of Jess. Uh-huh. But I don't think our relationship necessarily works like theirs. Yeah. I mean, we are best friends, like they That's are. That's true. They yeah. are definitely a, a fictional couple that I would say are best friends. They're there best are, friends. There and are they, many seasons of that show where they are not together. Yeah. But they... And they have a lot of fun together. They have so much fun together. Yeah, which I feel like is similar to us. But some of their, like, struggles in their relationship, I feel like we don't. No, I don't think so. I, no, definitely not. Nick's, like... I mean, when we were dating, my, like inability and unwillingness yeah, to commit. That's true. Perhaps. Mm -hmm. Um, but like we talked about that switch sort of flipped yeah. for me. Okay. Who else? Um, do you want to guess the next one is? No, this is just a couple I love. We it, love. Is it Leslie and Leslie ben. and Ben Ugh, from Parks and Rec? Yes. From Parks and Rec. So, uh, Leslie Nope and Ben Wyatt. I, I don't just really love them so much. I don't really think we're necessarily as like them. Unless you flip the genders. I was going to say, yeah. I think I'm more like Leslie yeah. <laughs> and you are more like Ben. <laughs> yes. In that, I am definitely the more the more like outwardly career motivated one mm -hmm. of the two of us, but you might be the more talented one. <laughs> Does that make sense? I don't think that's true, but yeah. No, I think that is true. 100%. I think I've got like some nerdiness like Ben has. Yeah, totally. And... I'm like willing to support you through anything. Yeah. And what I love about Leslie and Ben is they're so very much themselves mm. and like they love each other for that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think that, um, one thing that we really resonate with, with that couple is their like undying support of one another's dreams and yes. hopes and aspirations. hundred percent. Like they are willing to put their own comfort and even their own, like their own dreams, aside. their own dreams and really their own, their dreams professionally and personally aside in order to help the other one achieve. I totally a hundred percent agree with that um, because we both do not have <laughs> career goals. We have career dreams. Totally. We're not like, Oh, well I'm hoping to make partner. Like right. that's just yeah. not <laughs> us. We have these big old dreams for ourselves and our lives and I feel like it, we wouldn't necessarily work if, you know, if we weren't able to support each other in that. All right. A hundred percent. Now my last one. Okay. Is Ellie and Carl from Up. I haven't seen Up in so long, but John I just, just watched. watched Up again on the plane and it really had affected him in a new way. It had a huge effect on me because I hadn't seen Up since I got a dog. <laughs> and dogs are all over that movie and I cried multiple times because of it. We I also cats. hadn't seen up since I got married. <laughs> so that was a whole mess. But the reason I say Ellie and Carl is because um, Ellie is, she's in like five minutes of the movie, but she's like the adventurous one. She's the one that like gets Carl out of his comfort zone and is like, let's try this. Let's do this. We have big dreams for our future and sort of like drags Carl along, but Carl secretly loves it. That is you with me. Okay. That is totally you with me. I see that. You are yeah. a dreamer of the future and I'm going to get emotional. If you died, <laughs> I, oh, John, I would gonna... do what Carl did. You guys pause. John thinks about me dying like all, all the, the time. time. All the time. He thinks I'm going to die during childbirth, yeah. which I feel like is so rare to happen. I play, but like... <laughs> I play that movie in my house, in my, out in my head <laughs> so often. Which, to be fair, I also think about you dying a lot, but... Yeah. It's it's funny with you. But I'm saying like if you were to die, yeah. I would move to Hawaii for a year. Or I'd I'd do things. You'd that, do all the things that, that you say yeah. you wanted to do. Yeah. All right, next question I, wait, before we pause. start. Crying. If I do die, I feel like John is gonna be the best widower ever. <laughs> he is gonna like I could just see you being like all about going on my adventures. Oh, okay. And I didn't know what you were gonna say for a second. 
and like making YouTube videos about how Air would have loved this and you would be the best. I would just honestly get really fat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I word. I would just eat all my feelings. I would, I would for a while for sure. I would probably like start ordering Flaming Hot Cheetos in bulk. Hey. Because I think that might be the only thing to bring me joy after you've passed. Maybe we should do that now. I agree. All right. <laughs> Next question. I yeah. I just I wish I could think of somebody off the cuff, but I think those are three good ones. Yeah. That we found some. Oh, that's such a fun question. It is a fun question. Maybe we'll do an update in a later episode. Okay. If we I find like think. the couple. That I would we're say like... maybe the only one popping off my head is um, Edward and Bella because you are are a vampire. Because I look like a vampire from Twilight. <laughs> because John. Oh, we've said this so many times, but the picture of me walking down the aisle at our wedding and John's reaction, you know, all these cute groom crying reactions. John looks like a straight up vampire. I'm not a cute crier. I look like I'm about to eat her soul. (laughs) Okay. Next question. Next question comes from Allison Rancor. I love her. Oh, she wants to get together next week. She's going to be home. Okay. So we're going to do it. Anyway, Allison asks... How do you both see the skills and knowledge you learned in college playing out in your jobs? Wow, that's a great question. That is a great so question. So for those of you who don't know, John and I both went to school for theater, and mm-hmm. our, neither of us are doing anything to do with theater. Not really. Not, you know. Not directly. Yeah, not So this concretely. is a great question because we both are people who are not in the industry or working in what we majored in. Yep, which I feel like is a lot of people. It's a ton of people. Um, so how do you see your theater, your performance training playing out in what you are currently doing? That's a great question. I feel like yours is a bit more direct. For sure. I mean, for me, I'm still on stages. Yeah, and you're still telling stories. Yeah, and giving a sermon is a, in some way, it is a certain type of performance. Mm -hmm. You have thought about what you're going to say. For me, you know, and a lot of teachers, you have it written out. You have a script of what you're going to say. And yet you you say it in a way as though it's fresh, it's new. You know, you're taking people through an experience. You're telling a story. Um, I very much believe in the art of the sermon. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's very, very exciting. Um, And so, yeah, I very much use... And that's just when I'm doing a sermon, not to mention when I'm writing poetry or yeah. helping to craft a creative theatrical element for a church. Like mm-hmm. that is an easy one-to-one sort of comparison for me. And that's why specifically the program that I went to for theater was so helpful for me because I learned so much more than like just how to sing or how to dance. Yeah. I really learned about being a storyteller and what it means to be on stage and engage not only the other people on stage with you, but also engage an audience. So I use it every day, my college education. Yeah. I think like one of my biggest takeaways from college was being able to look at a piece of art specifically in college, but I feel like I can bring this over into real life, look at something and ask, how does that make me feel and why? Oh, that's really good. And I feel like while that was very prevalent in college when I was looking at a play or a piece, uh, you know, a dance piece or something like that, it was, why Why does this make me feel that way? And mm-hmm. also, what devices did they use to help me make, like, to help right. it, elicit you can, that emotion? You're in able me. to dissect it. Yeah. And do I like it? Do I like the way it makes me feel? Mm-hmm. Do I not? Do I not like the way it makes me feel because there's some truth in there that I'm not super comfortable. Could I make a change to it that would elicit maybe a stronger, more effective response? Yeah. And so I feel like that is just like a life, a big life lesson that I learned because I feel like I can now look at a situation and say, how does it make me feel and why, Mm. you know, and not just a piece of art, but a conversation with a friend or a sermon or, um, a relationship with a coworker or, you know, which is a super valuable emotionally intelligent skill. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that opened, like that was a big thing that I, I learned in college. I think it also taught me how to be brave. Like Mm. it was, you know, every day I got up in front of people and performed, whether that was, you know, dancing or singing a piece or performing a scene or whatever. It taught me how to be brave. And, um, it taught me, you know, that there are big dreams in life and that sometimes those dreams don't 
make sense to a lot of other people, but it's still like a valid thing. So for a while that was, you know, being a working actor and now it's changed slightly, but like I still have big dreams and I still think, no, this might not look like your life or a, a typical life, but it's still a valid dream and like I can still do it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot. I think at the heart of theater, it is, as an actor, you are leading people through an experience. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you do every time you're at a wedding. Yeah. You're just doing it in a in a different way. But you are speaking in front of people a lot of the time. Yeah. Helping lead them through. Communicating clearly. Communicating things clearly. Helping lead them through an experience that hopefully is a positive one for them. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think yeah. we use it a lot. I don't think either of us count our schooling as a waste just because we're not necessarily in the theater industry anymore. Yeah. I certainly don't think it was a waste. No, no, not at all. Not for a second. This next question comes from Rizmon Reyes. I'm sorry if I butchered your name. How does your ministry affect your dynamic as a couple? Was Aaron always okay with it? No. You want to talk about that? Yeah. I mean, it's still even weird to call it a ministry, but yeah. it, it is. But yeah, I didn't, I never, ever, ever wanted to be a pastor's wife and I still don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you still, would you consider yourself one? No. Yeah. Me neither. Um, I don't consider you a pastor. I don't know what I consider yeah, myself. Me, me You're kind of looking honestly. at me and I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I never ever thought our life would be one in ministry. Um, and specifically financially, that was really hard for me to wrap my head around. Um, I mean, I don't know how deep you want to go into here, but I never thought like people tithing to our financial situation, like people tithing, you know, whether that's on Patreon or whatever to your YouTube channel, I'm a bit uncomfortable that that's you know, how we pay our bills sometimes or, Mm. or how you pay to continue to grow the channel. And like, that's just like a hard thing for me to wrap my head around just because I didn't grow up with that as a reality in my home for the, for either the well being of you personally or the well being of your business and career to be in part and to be totally transparent. That's what it is for me. Like in part, our life and this ministry, the work that I do, is supported by amazing people like you. Some of you give to my Patreon page, in part. It's not yeah, fully. No, it's a small part. It's a small like, part, but it's a meaningful part. Absolutely. But that's, like, hard for me. Yeah, but it's strange. Yeah. And, you know, I have a hard time just, like, financially that, like, in ministry, you're not going to be making the big bucks. <laughs> and, like, not that we need to be making the big bucks, but... For me, something that is very scary to me is financial security. Yeah. And so I have a hard time just being like, well, like we're just going to be making, you know, not like, I don't know. And I I appreciate that honesty a lot. And I think that's probably refreshing for a lot of people because the judgy Christian thing to do is to listen to what you're saying and be like, honey, he's doing God's will. Yeah. And so you need to support your man. God will provide for you. Yes. Which like that's, yes, of course, obviously, but that's not easy for everyone. It's not. And you know, I grew up in a very, you know, comfortable financial situation. I've never had to like hurt that I can remember, um, for money. And so that's just like something that is is difficult for me. And especially because I am a six on the Enneagram and security is such a big thing mm-hmm. for me. That's a big motivator. And specifically financially, like I'm terrified to bring in kids into this world, you know, without a huge number in my bank account. And like, I know people do it all the time. It's just a fear that I have to deal with every day. And you also have issues with the perception of it. Yes. That if we, that if we are taking an extravagant vacation or it looks like we're making a lot of money, people will have objections to that. Yeah. Which is like, I just hate that anybody would have an opinion on that because, you know, I know the truth of it, that we are wise about our finances and, you know, a lot of the times when we're doing a big trip or we're buying something nice, it's because I've worked my butt off mm-hmm. and I've taken, 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 taken. I've had a couple extra things on my plate or, you know, one of us has just been working extra or whatever. Like, and again, I just don't want anybody's opinions on it. Cause I know where our priorities lie. And yeah. like, 
yeah, we don't have kids yet. So like going and taking an extravagant trip right now is high on our priority list. Cause we totally. know that like, we're going to enter into a season where we're not going to be able to do that for a little bit. Totally. And also even outside of the financial aspect, I think there's definitely lessons that we have learned along the way in terms of me being sort of public and out there yes. and on stages. You know, I remember I used to like say things from the stage about us or about you or about our relationship before checking if it was okay with you if yeah. I shared that. And that was something I had to learn. Yeah. That like, if I'm going to share something about you personally or about anyone in my life, I should be checking with them. Mm -hmm. So it, it, there was definitely a lot of growing pains with it. And I think there still are. You know, I think we're still both learning. I I am not, like, the question says, was Aaron always okay with it? What about John? Like, yeah. John wasn't always okay with it. And to, to a certain extent, I still am not sure that I am in that, like we sort of talked about earlier, I don't know where this whole thing is leading. Yeah. You know? And I think something I've discovered this year that I told you is like, in an, in my ideal world, you're not doing this as a career. Right. You have a very stable, successful job mm -hmm. in business or something. Yeah. And part of that's just because like, that's the model I grew up with. Totally. And like, that's what I picture. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think coming to terms with that in my head and being like, ideally, no, I wouldn't have you be mm -hmm. being this sort of... Ideally, I wouldn't have to do it for, for money as well as Exactly, yeah. Impact. And and I tr I still think that. I yeah. would love for you to be able... For we us talk to, about that all the time. For us to be okay, for us to make enough money elsewhere that like you can go and not charge anybody for anything. Yeah. And you can just do this work, you know, as much as you can. But, but yeah, and I think... Um, I... I don't know. I guess like if it scares you, I think that's a good thing. And if you feel, you know, not always, but I just think just because I feel that and in my ideal world, you're not doing this. And just because it scares me <clears throat> and just because it may not be the most financially secure thing in the world, those are not good reasons, good enough reasons to not do it. Yes. And if you feel that God's called you to do it anyways, guess what? You gotta, you gotta go. My sentiments. Exactly. You gotta do it. And Very so, good. yeah, but no, it's not, I don't want anybody to think that like John had this amazing call on his heart from God to do this exact ministry. And he stepped his foot forward and God has blessed it completely. And there's been no struggle and there's been not like, yeah, this isn't the Billy Graham documentary on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. Like obviously God has blessed you beyond measure, but like it's been hard yeah. and it's still hard Yeah, and it's not, it's so funny how many people reach out to you and like, Hey, I'm, I'm thinking of getting into this game. And you're mm -hmm. like, buckle up friend, because right. it's not as easy and glamorous as it may look. Right. And I think you try to be very open and honest about it, but not everybody can see all the hard stuff behind the scenes. Okay. Well, that was a ramble. This is turning into a nice therapy session for us I though. Know. No, don't we, you miss this? This is, this is something that actually like, um, I would say in last fall, like fall of 2018, we really, really worked through. Yeah. hundred percent for both of us. Mm -hmm. And we are kind of on the other side of it now, but like, yeah. yeah, those were some things we had to, you know, talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for opening up that can of worms. It's a good one. It's a good one. Okay, last question. You ready? Mm -hmm. All right. Ella.wes asks, what are you guys most looking forward to about summer? Ooh, well, best week ever. Best week ever, which for those of you who are maybe newer to the podcast or newer to following us, refers to the week of 4th of July. There's just a lot of great stuff. 4th of July, my birthday, a lot of anniversaries in our family. Our friends are always in town who live it's out of town. It's the best week ever. It's the best week ever every summer. And then the next week after Best Week Ever, we're going to Ireland. We go to my Ireland family. this summer. And so I'm very, very excited for that. I have several camps that I'm doing this summer. Um, either it's with uh, churches and ministries that I've worked with before, camp specific camps I've done before, or brand new ones that I'm like really excited about getting to do. I love getting to do summer camps. Uh, they're super fun. And this is like a little thing, but we just bought some patio furniture for our back porch Ooh. and so i'm really looking forward to setting up our back porch and having you know some outdoor space to really enjoy the nice weather that happens for five minutes in chicago yes, but i made a commitment when it started to get a little bit warmer like three weeks ago that i am going to spend more time outside yeah. this summer yes i always tell myself i'm gonna do it this is the year where i actually am gonna do it because you we gotta, don't, we don't get enough of it here of in it. Chicago. Yeah. So we got to take advantage, which we're going to do today. We're going to take Tubby on like an hour walk after we're done here. Yay. 
That's what I'm talking about. So yeah, I'm looking forward to a lot with summer. And hopefully more episodes of The Bear and the Swan. We'll see. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening to this episode, Sweet Bear. I think we should all thank you for sitting down. You're welcome. You should all thank me. I accept Starbucks gift cards. Please send them too. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, she actually would really appreciate that. And so would I. And so would our bank account. Anyway. No. um, No, don't don't send us anything. Other than a review on iTunes. Please, five stars. rate, subscribe, review. All the things. Send us questions. Follow us on Instagram. Be our friends. Love us always. And see ya. We have to say something nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, we got to say something nice about each other. You ready? You're making a face like you can't uh, ever... going to be tough. You can't think of it's anything. It's going to be tough. I to, have mine. Okay. Okay. So mine is, we mentioned earlier on in this episode that this has been a really busy personal season for us in terms of just like new friendships and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of those friendships have really blossomed and um, become more and more meaningful, specifically because of your investment in them. Thank and you. you working really hard to schedule things uh, even through my crazy schedule, like schedule dinners and having people over. And, and it really has done a huge, uh, it's just been huge for my soul and my well being for those new relationships. And so you're pretty awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. And okay. Mine has to do with this week. We booked my dream vacation. <laughs> and John said yes to it. Yes. (laughs) And I've been talking about going to this place for 10,000 years. And I just feel like, like we were talking about with up earlier, you would be content to stay here. Just work, just do your thing. Mm -hmm. And you don't always want to go on my adventures with me, but you know how important it is to me and you're willing to go along. And so I and just, I'm always happy when I do. You're always happy when you do. And so I always say, told you so, but <laughs> I just, I'm very grateful that even though it might not be your number one priority, you know, it's a high priority for me. And so you'll, you'll join in hundred percent. Love you. I love you. Love you all. Love you all. Say something nice. Bye now. <laughs>